anyway, it's it's going on March. Uh, Sunday, March 4, which is now, and Monday, March 5, 5 full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman and Carl. Hi, Carl. Hi, Mike. Hey, uh... Ready to watch a full-length movie here. I'm ready to watch a full-length movie as well. You may have found us because through our initials, L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T, and you can find us our feed at mediaradio.fm. You can find us on iTunes. Uh, you can find us on Twitter. You can find us at Let's on Facebook at Let's Watch Full Length Movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. I have a group there. I will uh, accept you into the group. Uh, also, we're on Arena A R E dot N A. But most importantly, check out our blog spot. Let's Watch Full Length Movie on YouTube dot blogspot dot com. Did I miss any of them? Um, oh, our YouTube channel L W A F L M O I O T T. Yeah, yeah, that's where Carl actually got another thing. By the way, I just got an email that. Uh, they are considering what do you say to a naked lady to be like adult content oh. and they put a restriction yeah oh well that's okay so you just have to restrict it so if you yeah. want to watch uh, the movie let's watch uh, let's uh, what do you say to a naked lady and listen to us talk over it you can do that on YouTube right now yeah. so uh, until until further notice but you must be adult to see the naked lady so that's the premise of our show uh, like every great podcast, we have one premise, and like podcasts, we're about bad movies. But go to YouTube. We're going to watch a movie with you on YouTube. Let us. So, Carl, what's the movie today? Today, you have chosen Raise the Titanic, uh, which is 1980, and that is what people will search for in YouTube exactly. Okay. No duh or anything. Just Well, there is a duh in the middle. Raise the Titanic, parentheses, 1980, close parentheses. And I recommend the uploader, all one word, the RMS Titanic Fan 2012. Oh, we got the a fan. The RMS Titanic Fan 2012. What the hell does he, uh, what's he a fan of? Hundreds of deaths? He, he is a fan of the Titanic itself. And he is kind of a weird person who doesn't claim ownership of any of the content. Well, that's what you're supposed to say. You know, like we would believe, yeah, you made it. Um, So, Carl, let's start this movie because it is uh, close to two hours, this film. Okay. Yeah. So go ahead and click Raise the Titanic. That's from our good friend. I'm buffering. Ad already. So let me see if I could, uh, let me start this ad. Uh Uh-huh. All right, I'm going to skip ad and then hit pause. Skip ad, pause. 
All right. So it's buffering for my part. We hope you do the same. That's the premise of this podcast. You will watch this YouTube video uh, with us and listen to the podcast, which we're not actually. We're, we're actually part of the podcast. We can't. I'm listening to you. You're listening to me. <sighs> oh, who's li- who even listens nowadays? Okay, I'm ready. You ready? Let's do a what? countdown. What? Huh? Uh, all right, um, so, we just pull around? No, let's just keep uh, pulling around. They're very busy over there. So let's just start it. Carl, why don't you do the countdown? Three, two, one, play. All right, I hit play. All right, so Lord Grade presents Low Grade. Low Grade. <laughs> That's a bad side. A Martin Starger production. Stargazer. Oh. His name is actually Lou Grade, and he is the producer, ITC Entertainment, and this flock and another flock sunk his ship. ITC is best known for syndicating uh, the Muppet Show. Like at the end of every oh. episode of the syndicated show, it would have the ITC logo. So I, I always associated that. We're looking at still pictures of the Titanic. By the way, it was not my fault. I did not do it. I did not sink the Titanic. What? Sink the Titanic? I sink. believe you. <laughs> I get blamed for a lot of things. That was not my fault. Look at that ratty-ass boat. Yeah. Uh, you know, there was a Titanic movie called A Night to Remember. A Night to Remember. That was the movie. I'll say. But uh, what, uh, when the Titanic went down? Yeah, the name of the movie is A Night to Remember. That's a terrible name. (laughs) Well, I can't wait to see it. Well, they were going to call it Big Boat Sink, and people really got upset. They said, oh, please. (laughs) Tame it down. You're hitting the nail over the head, aren't you? (laughs) Oh, all these pictures of uh, the boat. They look so comfortable, those people. What happened? I worked on a project that had to do with boats. You see that picture right there? Yeah, the guy with the trombone. Right. It's bullshit. Uh, They had no brass on the Titanic. There were stringed instruments. Well, I know the famous story. Do you think it's true that the band played on as the Titanic sank? Well, I think... I think it could be true because people survived and they would know. But at the same time, it's kind of like a romantic, romantic's the wrong word, an epic thing, you know? Like Yeah. Oh, here we go. Like Raise the, classic- the Titanic and then the, the credits are going upwards like it's raising itself. <laughs> That's some good thinking. And Isn't there an exclamation point at the end of this movie? No. On the book, on the book, there was an exclamation point and they dropped it in the film. So this is fiction, the the uh, nonfiction book. Remember uh, when they raised no, the Titanic? No, the book was fiction. Um, the book was written by a man. Let's see, I have it right here. Um, his name's Clive Cusser. Clive Cusser, and this is the first uh, bestseller he ever had. Um, he yeah, and, he's he's written a bunch of books. Yeah, there's a main character. Um, that Lou thought would be like good for like he could make it James Bond type films like make series like Clear and Present Danger and uh, you know like the like that kind of series and and it, it didn't work out because this one flopped that was his big idea. Well, that's the um, idea. The guy's name is Dirk. I'll find it in a minute. Okay. Well, just the fact that his name is Dirk is good enough for me. There's not that many <laughs> Dirks in the world. 
yeah, I know that his other, he had another book called Sahara. Yeah, and it became a film, right. Right, and it became a film. Uh, a recent film from the last 10, 15 years, and uh, it was a big um, flop. Yes, it was 2006. 2006. D- Dirk Pitt. Okay, so all of his characters, Dick Pick? all of his movies have Wait, Dirk Carl, Pitt. did you say his name is Dick Pick? Dick Pick, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, his name is, uh, well, okay. Right. So um, all of his no- novels have Dirk Pitt as the main character, and Lou said, hey, this could be a franchise. You know, I could produce what's equivalent to James Bond's film. Yeah, sure. Uh, Me too. As you know, this book was published in 1976. It was his first big seller. They dropped the exclamation point. He <sighs> hated mistake. the movie, furious with the movie, and he right. said, I'm never giving Hollywood my, my, my books again. He said, that, you know, actually his first complaint was, he said, First off, it's called Race to Titanic. <laughs> With the jokes. I could have made that all caps. Oh, right. <laughs> He's putting asterisks before and afterwards and bolding it and italicize it. <laughs> yeah, so was, I'm sorry. He, he had uh, more complaints. Oh, yeah. No, he most of the original plot was not in. The, it was just a hollow shell of a story. He claimed he thought the casting was all wrong. He was so disgusted that he didn't give any more permissions for works based on Dirk Pitt. But then, 20 years later, you know, like you had just mentioned, in 2005, he did give, I don't know if it was 2005, that's when the movie came out, but... So I, I gotta ask you then, so for Sahara, the main character, Matthew McConaughey, yeah. he was playing Dick Pick as well? The character I don't know if movie? he was saying Dick Pick. It sounds like something Matt McConaughey would do. Right. Well, the Dick Pick, yes. <laughs> send a Dick Pick. Okay, uh, so who hasn't well, gotten so a Dick Pick from Matthew McConaughey? So we opened in the Arctic, and a man was making a discovery, okay? Right. Um, and here we see people who are associated with the presidency, including Jason Robards. And, uh, and Jason Robards' mustache. And Jason Robards' mustache. I'm sorry. He gets the second credit. The mustache. Um, what they're talking about now is... is, is uh, okay. They are making, and and this movie came out in 1980. Now, you know what Star Wars was with Reagan, right? I don't know. It was his favorite movie. Huh? Wasn't it his favorite movie, and he liked to watch it every week? Yeah, that's why he named his... uh, Star Wars. Star Wars. So, this this book was written in 76, so probably in 75. The guy was typing. Uh... (laughs) They want to do a missile defense system with sound waves. It would be like a grid of sound waves in the sky making nuclear war obsolete because if the Soviets launched a missile, it would be destroyed in the atmosphere by these sound waves. But they need a super serious power source to run it, and plutonium just won't do. But they have this thing called bizinium. Bizinium, which is very rare. Um, It's a kind of feeble premise, but nonetheless, in the Arctic, they found, this guy found, clues that made it very clear that the Bizanium was on the Titanic. Whoa, really? What, first class? Yeah. So if they want their missile defense system... They now know where some Byzanium is. Byzanium. I want to pronounce right, it correctly. All right, let me look that up. Maybe I'm saying it wrong. No, 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 no. It's Byzanium. Like the Empire, right? The Byzantine. Uh, yeah. 
I only like my the only empires I like are the ones I could put my feet on. You know what I'm saying, Ottoman? <laughs> the Ottoman? Yeah, they're great. Very peaceful. You know who else liked uh, Star Wars was Alex Guinness. Uh, well, Alex Guinness is in this movie in 1980, so I'm sure. They he just got shot, as you can see. This is the Russians are going to also find out. Hey, Carl? Yes, sir. Oh, yes, sir. Sorry about that. I stepped aside. I saw that dog lunging for that guy, and I ran out of the way. Right. Now, this is a Russian dog, and you can hear it in his accent. He goes, Barka! Barka! <laughs> well, he doesn't look like he's in a hurry. He looks like, sure looks like he's in a hurry. A rushing dog? Yeah, he's a Russian. He's, rush, he's rushing to bite that guy. So these are Russian dogs and Russian agents? Uh, I don't know if they're aged. Well, yeah. I mean, they have. They also know about Spizanium. And okay, there's our hero Dirk. All right, and I know that guy from Logan's Run. Right. Uh, he was uh, Francis, the bad guy. I don't know. I think it was Francis Five or something. Huh. And he is the hero of the story. And uh, right now he's, you know, I don't know. He's walking that guy to safety across the frozen tundra because he's just that kind of a stand-up dude. Let's see here. Huh. I don't understand. So this has to do about the Titanic? So he's going to bring this guy back and he's going to get a call saying, good job bringing that guy back. We have a new mission for you, right? (laughs) This guy's going to drive the mission. This guy discovers that the Byzanium is on the... Titanic, and if you want your missile system, we got to raise the Titanic. You mean something very, that we need for a missile defense uh, system is on a fucking boat that sank? Yeah. Oh. And, it, and no, the thing is, in reality, okay, this guy on the left, he's always the Russian. Right. I confused him with Yakov Smirnov, believe it or not, for years. It was my research of this book that he was in Moscow on the Hudson. Uh-huh. He, anytime a TV show requires a Russian, he's the dude. That's so funny. Let's let's listen to his Russian accent then. Okay. Oh no, he's oh, being. Of course I know. He was a great chess master. Maybe the greatest of them all. Many of the significant variations of the game were conceived by Boleslavsky. <sighs> one of them. Uh, I came for the Titanic. I didn't come here for chess talk. <laughs> Boring. It How is, yeah. Knight to Bishop this. Knight to Bishop three, <laughs> comrade. Uh, his name is Elia Baskin. Elia Baskin. And he's in Mos- and he's, Moscow on the Hudson, and he's in, like, yeah. anything Russian, he shows up. Yeah, anything Russian. Remember we were playing uh, 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 checkers, and I told you that King Me in three? And I was right. What? It took three minutes for me to get king. Okay. All right. Chess humor. So, Jason Robards, uh, he's Admiral James Sandecker here. I know him first from All the President's Men. Sure. Um, but he was also famously in Max Dugan Returns, which had Matthew Broderick and <laughs> as a young kid. And it had the woman who was always in 70s films. She was with Richard Dreyfuss in that uh Anyway, also, he was in a movie called Something Wicked This Way Comes. Sure, which I remember as a kid, yeah. Back in the day. That's with Pam Greer, too. It's a good movie. It's a Ray Bradbury mm-hmm. one. 
Now, interesting to me, I found he was uncredited. He was in Enemy of the State as a congressman, and they didn't give him a credit in the film. And he was in Crimson Tide as a rear admiral, and they didn't give him a credit. Why not? Because uh, people people will be surprised when they see him, and they go, "Hey, that's that's uh, Jason Robards." You know, just to get, give give the scene some pop. Ah, so it's something more to talk about. I yeah, think. he was in another movie uh, called film called uh, "Boy and His Dog" with Don Johnson. Have you ever seen that one? Mm-hmm. No. It's a Harlan Ellison story. It's from the seventies. I think the eighties, maybe the movie came out seventies. Don Johnson and his telepathic dog are in a post-apocalyptic environment, and they uh, uh, try oh, to find man. food, and they they tumble into a place where they need to. Uh, uh, Take a seed, and the so dog. If the dog is telepathic, yeah, and the dog doesn't speak English, how can he know? Well, he only wants three things: a pet, stick, or food. So it, it works out pretty well. So he's fixed. He never wants hump. No, he's he's he doesn't want a hump. You know, the dog in that movie is the same dog that was in the Brady Bunch. It was Tiger. Ah, yeah, that was in your. Uh, you read it. You read that book about famous Hollywood. Uh, oh yeah. Dogs. Well, it's funny you should mention it. I've been reading this book about famous Hollywood dogs. It's called Hollywood Dogs That Drink. <laughs> it really shows the seedy underbelly of Hollywood. I don't, I don't know if you have time, Carl, but I. I oh, I, mean, I have to. It's your show. I mean. Well, oh, well, it's our show, but uh, I was reading. Beethoven was an aggressive drunk. Oh, Beethoven was an aggressive drunk, right? He would like knock the drink out of your hand when he sees you. He's like, "Booyah, Beethoven!" Ba 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 ba. He would like shake water all over your your uh, sheets, and then he would come in your sheets. That that wasn't in the movie because the movie was PG. But did you know? Smacking with his big dopey paw. Yeah, Beethoven. He was uh, ejaculating on this. They said, "Cut, cut!" But he didn't care. He was like, "I'm Beethoven." Ba 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 ba. He was bigger than James Franco. Hey, uh, Carl, I have Pam here in the studio. Pam, I got your mic a lot hot if you need it. Hey, I just, I'm laughing at the idea of the dog coming in the bed. It's oh, hot. yeah. That's a hot take. <laughs> <laughs> well, Beethoven Rated R had that scene. They had to cut it to PG. But yeah, we were talking about dogs that drink, Hollywood dogs. Lassie was actually very, ta- ta- it was a mean drunk. <sighs> he was, when he got drunk, he was, a, did you hear the story? He was at the Formosa bar. Yeah. And, uh. There's a phone call, and he was—he had his own booth, Lassie, and uh, uh, the bartender's at Formosa Bar. And he said, no, no, he's not here. Sure, sure, I'll give him the message. And he hung up the phone, and he turned to Lassie. He said, Lassie, look, listen, I know you hate to be bothered, but that was her family. Uh, they want you to come home, Lassie. Lassie, come home. Lassie, come home. I first heard that joke at Mutiny Radio. I did that at Mutiny Radio, that's right. I think it was. Oh, well, you know, like, uh, you know who drank, and I'm sure this is the reason why you thought of it a bit. Tiger from the Brady Bunch, from a man, right. a boy, and his dog. He it got so bad because his uh, little Brady Bunch trivia on in the kitchen set, his dog bowl was actually filled with vodka, and the late Richard Reed would not go on the set because he said, and I quote, "The place smells like fucking dog food and vodka, and I'm not going in on the set. I'm a Shakespearean actor." Unquote. On the Brady Bunch, reduced to. Yeah, I first heard that joke also at the Fantastic Comedy. Uh, I was going to say Comedy Hour, but it's more than an hour. Well, an hour would be good, but it's two hours. <laughs> an hour, that okay, sounds so great. Here on, yeah. here on the screen, you see... Um, Happier times. Uh, the woman from... What was it? Where is it? 
Anyone from Falcon Titanic crest. in this movie? Falcon Crest. Oh, Anne Archer. Uh, she became famous from Falcon Crest, but before that, she was on TV like crazy. Um, she was in Fatal Attraction. She was also in the Patriot, you know, Clear and Present Danger and oh, Patriot wow. King. She was the she was the wife. And I, um, I didn't recognize her without her bow and arrow. Ann Archer. Oh, she was an archer. Very good. Thank you. Now, you see, the government has come to pick him up because uh-huh. he's a big, important dude. He's about to find out that they found Byzanium on the Titanic. And he's going for a meeting, like... And the best news is know, Tom Price got him a new airplane to fly on. Political humor. We're in the... This was a huge movie for Ann Archer because before that she was only on TV. She was like always guesting. McLeod, Mod Squad, Hawaii Five-O, Ironside. I don't think I've watched any of those episodes recently. Love American Style. Love American Style. Exciting and new. (laughs) You're mixing up songs. No, do you you don't remember (laughs) like... There was a uh, movie called uh, Divorce Italian Style. I think that came out afterwards. But Love American Style was such a weird sitcom. They made like hundreds of episodes, and each of them were yeah. like. Two... I wouldn't call it a sitcom because it was different every time, right? It was an individual story. Individual stories, and it was two stories per half hour episode, right? I mean, yeah. yeah. And it was always guests, so it would always be like Ron Howard. Ah, I'm right. a guest, you know. You know what it was? It was a vehicle. It was a vehicle for. Um, you know, TV people. Yeah. Uh, well, they they spun off a show off of um, Love American Style, based on the episode Love in the Happy Days. Happy Days came out of Love American Style. Wow. Happy Days came. The yeah. concept of Happy Days came from Love Gary American Marshall Style? was producing Love American Style, and he wrote uh-huh. an episode about these 1950 teenagers called Love in the uh, Happy Days, and oh. uh, they used that to spin it off. And uh, wow. what's what spinoffs came out of Happy Days? Well, Joni Los Chachi. Sure, Joni. And, and who wouldn't, quite frankly? Uh, who wouldn't love Joni? Chachi. Uh, Chachi hated Joni. Joni, well, Joni hated Chachi. Uh, also, uh, Laverne and Shirley. Right, with uh, Cindy Williams and uh, the daughter who shouldn't be famous, but she was the daughter. Well, Penny Marshall, they were the brother and sister, Gary and, and Penny. Oh, they were brother and sister? Yeah. You know, he, actually, I'm being a jerk because she really was a talented uh, director. And she, she made a lot of things happen. She was in uh, uh, in the Odd Couple, which Gary Marshall did. And Gary Marshall's yeah, second to last movie, New Year's Day, uh, New Year's Eve, or whatever that movie was. Uh, Penny Marshall plays herself, and she's at a New Year's Eve ball, and she turns to a waitress. And says, "Are you an actress?" And the waitress says, "Yes, I am, Miss Marshall." And Penny Marshall <laughs> says, "Well, then why don't you act and get me a martini?" <laughs> oh, she left a penny tip. Yeah, that was a penny tip for you. Now, this Ann Archer. The only other thing I want to say about her is she is in one of my favorite shows of all time. Um, it's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Oh yeah. And, and she shows her age, and she plays the ex-wife. Of, um, um, of Dan Vito. Yeah. Now, she's only in like three episodes, but she's kind of in a fourth because she dies in the film. 
in the television yeah. show. So it's like not, she's not in it, but it's based around her. It's, you know, it's always, always Sunny in Philadelphia is considered the longest running sitcom. What? What about Simpsons? Simpsons? Do you consider Simpsons a sitcom or a primetime animated series? I consider it personally a sitcom because of its writing style and. But I mean, hey, longest I running. Little. But you know what the longest running live action sitcom is? Thank you. Uh, it's always Sunny in Philadelphia. I'm, I'm adding the uh, live action part. Oh, I got you. Boom, boom, boom. <clears throat> So, by the way, it doesn't matter. They paid $6,000 to be on this boat. How do I know trivia? So right now we're watching a bunch of men in suits on a boat. Well, Dirk is trying to convince them, you need me to raise the Titanic. And they're like, what are you, joking? Look, if you want your <laughs> missile defense system, you need me to raise the Titanic. That's and so And they give weird. them the go-ahead. So because the premise itself is pretty uh, stupid, right? Yeah, it is. And then the fact that... You can't that, enrich something to become bionasium. Right, so if you need bionasium, you can just go to... You can just order a sharper image, I'm sure. Brookstone might have it. <laughs> Sky Mall. Whatever rich people okay, buy it. No. Sorry to interrupt you, but this is a key point. Okay. Dirk is bumping into Ann Archer on the street. Now, you see those cars behind her? Yes. Ah, there's a continuity error. They're going to be moving, then they're stopping, then they're moving, then right. they're stopping. I don't know. I don't think it's important. I'm, I'm looking the plot, at it. we learn that they're they are former lovers. Oh, they're they're moving and now. She, and she totally regrets like breaking up with him. And she he's saying the one you're with right now doesn't deserve you. And then it ends up that the one she's with is going to be his partner in raising the Titanic. So we're getting set up for tension. Uh, Did you see his nice car? Yeah, I'm checking out the the fashions of the day. I love that like late seventies, early eighties look. Where you it's see her um what do you call that scarf thing? That was a big thing back then. Oh, the Seika scarf? And her hair. Well the suit he's wearing, like it's too tight for him, like on purpose, right? The collar is too big. It's like seventies big but eighties like you know, sharpness. Yeah, so tie is not fat like the seventies, because it is nineteen eighty. Right. But the color is outsized. You know what I mean? Like it's it's tight. Everything is tight. You need to have a good body to wear that. But that color is ridiculous. Uh-huh. It's like pointy, there's no pit buttons on it. And it, uh-huh. it, it looks like he has he's a little outgrows it a bit. I give the suit a okay. B three stars. Three stars. They're in Washington, of course, and... Um, this is the square office. This, this is the square office, right. This guy is the, uh, you know, it's kind of bad filmmaking, that story writing that they set us up in one scene, and the next scene it pays off already, but here is uh, the current boyfriend, you know, who the helicopter picked up, oh, and I they're see. having little fights, you know, like verbal... Fisticuffs. He's saying your name sounds like a pirate, and uh-huh. can't wait. Let's let's see. No, and it doesn't take long to say yes either. Yeah. Well, we'll see. <coughs> Good afternoon. God, it, it's it sounds dated and looks dated. Yeah. Yeah. When Jason Robards was walking there, it looked like he was in Philadelphia. <laughs> you remember the movie Philadelphia? Uh, I don't think I've seen it. I know of the movie. With Tom Hanks? Yeah. 
It took oh, place well, in Philadelphia. Where did, where did, yeah. Okay, this guy. This guy was on TV like a MF. Let me see. Uh, see I here. just see his ear but right I now. know him as McLeod's boss. He would use to shout, McLeod! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get rid of that stupid hat! McLeod, I heard you were riding your horse up Central Park. I do it every week. McLeod! <laughs> that's right. Laundry <laughs> basket! That's M.M. Walsh next to him. Not that I don't appreciate the reference to laundry basket, but M.M. Walsh is there. There he is. Joe Burke and uh, Master Chief Walker. Um, Mr. G. Walker. Yeah, that's M. Emmett Walsh, who you and I know. Um, back from, to school. Uh, Men in White. Right, he was in Men in White. That's right. He looked kind of his age back then. He, uh, you, if you ever watch uh, Blood Simple, the DVD set, he talks about, and the Coen brothers talk about, he said, uh, the Coen brothers said, we want you to be in this movie. And he said, yeah, okay, all right, sure, but you can pay me in cash, right? Wow. And they had to give him cash. And he, even M.M. Walsh in the interview says that he wouldn't perform until the, the producer, they handed him money. And then he said, okay, I believe in you guys. And he did the scene. It's a great movie. <laughs> What's it called? Uh, Blood Simple. It's the first movie from Joel and Ethan Cohen from the 80s. Okay. I have to look that Francis up. Francis McDormand. It's great. And then uh, M. Emmett shows up in their second movie briefly in um, Raising Arizona. And that's about it. Oh. Now, did he ask for cash? <laughs> no. Well, he actually says he regrets that uh, the Cohen brothers used George Clooney in all those movies. And he was hoping he would be that guy that shows up in all their movies. So. He went uh-huh. from So um, he was, I mean, I know him from The Jerk. You know, common, random, ordinary son of a bitch. Um, but I also remember him very much from Ordinary People as the coach, the swim team coach. He was in over 100, 150 films, this guy. He's a character actor. And this, this was shot like, I mean, this, the same time The Jerk came out, he was shooting this. And he hardly does a thing in this movie. He's just a familiar face. So now they're talking about the plans to raise the Titanic, where it is. They're going to have to, where they think it might be, rather. The the Titanic really was... um, uh, in, in 1985, they found the Titanic. So a lot of the stuff they say about the Titanic isn't true in this. They raise a ship that is fully intact when really the Titanic cracked. Um, they, there was an effort to raise the Titanic, but they quit. Um, they spent a lot of money, 13 million pounds. Let's see here. 1996, they had plans to raise it. And this Lou Grade, who had this flop, said, his joke was, it would be cheaper to lower the Atlantic. <laughs> <laughs> I get it, because uh, you wouldn't normally do that. You would actually raise the therapist, but he's saying you should lower the water. So they spent $15 million on this film in pre-production, making models, doing research, uh, getting a, a, an old ship to look like the Titanic. Um, they spent $36 million, and they made seven. Oh, look, it's uh, Sir Arthur Guinness. 
Yeah, no, this is all you're going to see of Alec Guinness in this whole film. And that's not true. We watched the trailer last week, and there was like tons of scenes of Alec Guinness in the trailer. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Uh-huh. This is your father's lightsaber. He wanted <laughs> you to have it. Sir Star Alec Guinness. had already come out, by the way. Yeah, oh, no, I know. He hated that movie. He hated Star Wars. He hated the fans of Star Wars coming up to him. He hated it. Well, he was a very, very uh, English actor. Uh, you can say Shakespearean because he did some Shakespeare. No, well, he, he's best known for me, at least. Uh, he did these great comedies, The Man in the White Suit, and then he did a film called Kind Hearts and Coronet where he played six or seven people. Uh, the idea was that he had to kill off his ancestors, so uh, his and they were all played by him. And you're going way back to black and white. Black and white, yeah, yeah, fifties. Oh yeah, that's that was later, but yeah, absolutely, he was great in that. So to have no, kids it go. It makes sense that he'd be snobby. I mean, he was in Lawrence of Arabia. Yeah. Um, he portrayed Hitler. Um, he liked to dress up he, as Hitler. I mean, he, you know, oops, sorry. I don't know if he liked it, but he did it in the film. It was called the last. It was called the last ten days as Adolf Hitler, not of, but as. Oh, I see. Well, now here he is. He's walking down a windy pier for like I don't know. Maybe they gave him a million dollars for this. Yeah. Now, what he he was young, a young man on the Titanic, and he's relating the story of how um, this this when the ship was sinking, this guy got him at gunpoint and said, "Take me down to cargo hold nine. Uh, I guess he didn't know the way there. And um, it's basically confirming that the Byzanium is there because of this character. So the government is going to, you check those notes, but the government is going to approve of this mission because this old man kind of remembered some dude had a locker full of it. (laughs) Uh, No, it's, Oh, well, you're kind of right about it. It's weird. And another thing that's weird is, like, in that meeting we just saw with him talking about where the Titanic is, it was like, super secret, super secret, super secret. Meanwhile, this guy, Alec Guinness, is like, when you raise her, please restore this flag. Like, he knows all about what they're going to do. It's kind of a continuity error. Uh, Here we go. A nice British pub. I'll have a amount to do, please. talk with uh, her. Oh, I'll have some crisps. Oh, yes, that's what we call it, potato chips. Here you go. So, actually, he orders something called a pink gin. And the internet was like, no way, that was a pink gin, that's bullshit. (laughs) Uh, It's prepared by warming a brandy glass in your hand, adding a few drops of something bitters. And ghost bitters. Shaking them out and adding a single or double optic measure of gin. But the glass would never have been so full or so richly colored. Oh, I see. Big deal. You know what also is impossible? Raising the Titanic. Have you thought of that internet? Why don't you calm down a bit? You know, because this film was a flop, people were like, I don't know, James Cameron. I don't know. Yeah, no, I do remember that. I mean, think about it. Pirate movies were big flops. The pirate movie... Pirates, all those things were bombs. Cutthroat Island, they were bombs. Why would you make Pirates of the Caribbean? You're going to fucking waste your money. Gotcha. And printed money. Look at that. I call this Little Titanic. So what he's doing now is he's doing like, um, 
Oh, she was a beauty. Stood as tall as your skyscraper. <laughs> yes, yes, but she did sink, right? Okay, but she sank, right? All right? That was a night to remember. Hey, remember when you did all those drugs? That was a night to remember. Except I forgot. Yeah, you forgot most of that. Now, in real life, um, this guy was born in 1914, and that was two years after the Titanic sank. So to have him portray, like, I was a young man, huh. kind of ridiculous. So it sank in 1912. Yes. Uh, and Guinness was born in 14, so. Wow, that's crazy. Okay, so here... Is the flag. He says, here's the flag that flew on her. He's in love with it. And he goes, when you raise her, please restore it to its to rightful bring place. Up again. Here we go. Maybe you'd put it back where it belongs. He just took that flag from the pub wall. <laughs> and yeah. he's saying, can you put this back where it belongs? It belongs back in the but wall. How, yeah, how did he get it? You see, our our Logan's Run friend here is trying to also make it seem like an important moment. <laughs> he's, he's looking at a different direction. That's acting. Now, these are true Navy ships and that they rented. And the money that they paid for the diesel, they rented from the U.S. Navy. Oh, yeah. astronomical. It was another reason why this... Uh, and all they're doing is just doing overhead shots, right? Yeah. yeah. I think at this point, like, if you ever want to make a movie... The military will get be involved. Like they, they, they even approach producers beforehand. They'll just say, like, we heard you're gonna make this movie because they want to yeah. make themselves look proper. They don't want some, you know, even if they rent it, you're gonna might make the military look silly. So they want to make sure that at least it's represented correctly. You're right about that. Okay, so what they're doing right now is they're searching. They're beginning the search. For their car keys, they dropped. If you see a Hope Diamond, keys. if you see a Hope Diamond, that's mine. I dropped it. <laughs> that's it, Carl. That's my joke for the show. So it's working. <laughs> no, but Lassie Come Home should be your joke for the show. Oh yeah, that was my joke for the show. Okay, so we saw the USS Denver, Schenectady, and Carpenter. It was in the Pacific Ocean off of San Diego, California, and it cost twenty-two thousand dollars of diesel fuel. Her filming day, and that'd be well over sixty thousand dollars in today's uh, money. Then they had to keep the they had to use the diesel. They couldn't just like turn the gas off, turn it to the off. Let it float in the water for a bit. Wait, but I want to make clear that it was in total. I'm not talking about an individual. Oh, I gotcha. Okay, so now that guy. Okay. They don't know what they're looking for, so they're expressing frustration. By the way, one of these actors ends up in James, Cam James Cameron's film, Titanic. and that's supposed to be that's cool. interesting. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> so, what would be a good porno name? Raise, raise a boner, raise a tit, anus, raise a tit, anus. So it, it basically, they're they're going up, they're coming down, and it's like we're not finding anything. It's frustrating. Then they find a trumpet or a coronet, um, and, and that's when they're like, "We're close," because they know it was on the Titanic. No, that's say, why they showed that picture in the beginning. Don't they say Carl said there was no brass uh, section? Like it cost them money to have this 
Navy, you know, all this stuff cost them money, and they were filming it every day. This is why it got up to thirty-six million. Because uh, these are all exterior shots. I mean, this is something a B unit would shoot. All right, boy, it sure is windy on that boat. By the way, they find the original blueprint of the Titanic, which the internet tells me is also bullshit. Uh, because they were destroyed by the Luftwaffe in, Germ in World War II. And... Okay, so some of the footage here... Uh, that was supposed to show the Titanic surrounded by boats in the New York Harbor when we saw it at the beginning of the film, um, were really uh, actually stock footage of 1976 Operation Sales event. Just another reason why the Internet wants to call this entire movie bogus. But, I, you know, what are you going to do? I, you need the footage. The Titanic doesn't exist it's underwater, so I don't think it's so bad of them to do that. So you're you're listening uh, to let's watch a full length movie on YouTube with who with who where'd he go where'd he go <clears throat> yo I'm gonna call you Michael instead of Mike you don't get back here by the way I'm working on a new theme song because hey we need five and I've got the melody worked out and a guitar lick Carl Carl can you hear me what come in Mike come in Mike Carl Carl can you hear me I can't. No, I no, I cannot hear you. No. All right, all right. Phew. All right. Well, welcome to Let's Watch a Full Length Movie Without Carl. I'm your host, Mike Spiegelman. I'm here with Pam. Can you hear? Can you hear me so now? Have you been here this whole time? Yeah, I just there's something wrong with. Uh, I don't know if this wire affects anything, other than my own hearing. No, it's just your hearing. It, I hear everything through the. All right, that's cool. Everyone's here. Super Bowl, yeah. This is... Uh, what movie are you watching? We're broadcasting this live, as always, uh, every Sunday, 5 o'clock Eastern. And uh, the Super Bowl started, right? Not till 2.30. No. 6 o'clock it will start. Oh, oh so... Well, we'll be... East Coast time. So you're going to miss the first hour. Well, I have it recorded. Okay. And my, my boys will... Me and my sons will go and um, watch it at 7 o'clock when we conclude, okay. and my wife will bring me beer. Oh, that's terrific, to make, to make up for the fact that you missed an hour of the Super Bowl. No, we haven't recorded, so we're going to be one hour behind the world. Oh, that's fun. So do me a favor, okay. if you're listening in live, uh, Carl's uh, hash, uh, reach Carl through Twitter and tell him what the score is. <laughs> just you know, all you really need to do is all hail Tom Brady and just praise His Majesty, uh, and and just you know the what a winning what a winning guy. All hail Tom Brady. I hope he saves the all world. All hail. See so you ready for okay, the so Patriots. We're about guys. to witness a tragedy in this film. You can see it's like they turn the shower on. Okay. Oh, so Starfish is getting a leak. It's How'd you know it was called the Starfish? It is. That's I correct. Logan's run just said it on the phone. Okay, so the Starfish has accidentally exceeded the 12,000-foot death limit. Hey, and we've all been there before. So <laughs> <laughs> it springs a leak, and it takes a bunch of time to implode. But in true 
Yes. If it sprung the leak at that depth, it's like 600 PSI, it would implode right away. Ba-boom. And... <laughs> oh, which would have made a better thing to watch. <laughs> yeah, pop it like a bubble. Yeah. But we're, we're watching a movie, and so we need the tense uh, moment of, we're filling up here. <laughs> I, if, it's I don't, cold I don't, water, too, damn it. I don't think we'll make it. Can you tell my wife, my polyg- I'm a polygamist, can you tell my three wives... I won't be able to make it. And then I'm thinking of Sarah and Rebecca. Now, other submersibles that are called in to go close to them, and the Internet claims if this thing imploded, it would all blown up those ships, too. So. Oh, they would all have been nice. Well, now, destroyed or damaged is what they say, the other submersibles. Well, and which then... Which the, yeah. be very close to get visual contact, less than six feet. Listen, there's only one people who died in underwater in this movie. That's the original uh, uh, victims of the Titanic, all right? If it wasn't for them, they wouldn't yeah. have this. Yeah. You mean Leo? Leo. Didn't see that movie either. What? What's worse, space, the vacuum of space, or deep, deep sea ocean pressure? Good question. Uh-oh. I mean, dead is dead, but good question. Well, the way you die, I mean, if you're in outer space, your lungs will... Uh, I don't know what your lungs will do, and if you implode or ex, yeah, something. And what if you drown? That's pretty bad too. Yeah, it's like your body instead of the vacuum of space ripping your body apart, it's the it's the intrusion of the water in your space in your space. Carl, do you know we're part of the uh, uh, Muni Radio Comedy Festival? Yeah, and it's still ongoing today and tomorrow. Well, it's uh, it's happening next month, and uh, we were hoping to get some uh, guests to come in the studio. Absolutely, everybody and be wants part to of do our it. show. Yeah, all okay, the comics so are very excited about the Mutiny Radio time. Comedy Festival. It, yes. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm looking. I'm thinking February. It says March one, two, three, four, five. Right. Gotcha. Yeah. Right. It's going to be a big weekend. I'm going to be awake. For a long time, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna be. It's gonna be fun. I'm gonna try not to drink as excessively as I usually do. Oh yeah, so, yeah. Got to hold it together. Well, I, I see you're setting up your meth lab early. Right, absolutely. Uh, in the closet, absolutely. Yeah. Setting up the meth lab, getting that cooking, getting that cooking early. You know. As a heads up for the neighbors the upstairs. <laughs> I have been rolling. I have to start rolling my joints, my festival joints, though, because I put them in the gift bags for the comedians. Oh, that's the way and, to go. Uh, so I just need to I need to start rolling. Yeah. And baking, right? And Edible. baking, yes. Rolling and baking. Uh, put it in a pan and pat it out. And making buttons. There's all kinds of things. Oh I yeah, have a to lot do. of good goodies. Yeah, I got a. The I festival is uh, sponsored by Sparks this year. Yeah. Spark. Do you, do you know what Spark is, Carl? Oh, of course. It's uh, of course. Uh, you know, I've uh, 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 what. We we legal weed. They, they now they're they're recreational now. Anybody can just walk in off the street and buy marijuana. It's the weirdest thing. It's so yeah. weird. I went to one place. Seventy dollars an eighth. <gasps> yeah, because the tax is exorbitant. It's crazy. There, there's a little known fact, Carly. Uh, it's recreational, so you could just walk in with your New Jersey yeah. license plate, uh, uh, license driver's license. But if you're a state resident and you're using it for medical reasons. Uh, it's less expensive. It's less expensive, and yeah. officially, you can get access to uh, stronger edibles. Ooh. Because the way the law is set up is that you can't sell recreationally more than a hundred milligrams of uh, THC uh, infused content. So, 
uh, if you, and you have to have an intense uh, ten milligram servings so that so people know. So you go know. from one mega cookie to ten little mini cookies. Right. So you're there, you know, munching away on ten cookies instead of a cookie. <laughs> and uh, but if you have a medical card. Uh, then you have access then, to the original uh, edible products, which are like five hundred. Right. It's money. Here's here's an, here's a question too. Do you, when you find gems under the sea, like from the Titanic, do you have to pay taxes on those? Like if you go spelunking under the sea and you find yeah. a bunch of gold doubloons, do you pay taxes on said gold doubloons, or do they? I mean, yeah, I mean, it's not is like it you, international waters. And, international right, waters. King Triton. Like, who do you give the tax? But it, did, <laughs> what, was, were the taxes already paid back in the day? So is it like double dipping? Do you just get to take all of your treasures? You just can't take shit from the bottom of the ocean. Someone has to monitor that. You got to give okay, the EPA some money. Okay, here is the trumpet. I ask all. And the- this isn't true because they only had string. Right. But it doesn't look cool. He has an engraved trumpet. Now, it's engraved. It says, presented to its owner after three years of service on the Olympic. Now, the Olympic was the sister ship to the Titanic, but it was launched in 1910, and it entered service in 1911, and the Titanic sunk in 1912, so it couldn't have been three years. It felt like three years. Working there. So the internet says, yeah, bullshit, also. And why would you, like, big deal, three years working as a tr- as a, on a boat? Yeah, you don't want yeah. to blow your own horn. Yeah. He, you know, he has another trumpet inscribed on it. It said, you were able to wipe your ass without help. <laughs> Congratulations. Three Thursdays without drinking. Okay, now we see the Russians saying, look, we think we figured this out. We think they have Byzantium. And they're <laughs> going to raise the Titanic. And they're going, don't be ridiculous. And he goes, no, I've got evidence. And so they say... Let's let the Americans raise the Titanic. Let them go find it. Let them go raise it. And then we'll swoop in oh. and steal the Byzantine. Sneaky, sneaky Russians. That's good, though, because then they could get into the arms race using that Byzantium. In Soviet Russia, Titanic raises you. <laughs> oh. Breath lines. Uh, well... Tom Brady is about to do this thing. I'm going to, I'm going to, Carl, it was, it was nice to, for you to call in and to be on the show with, I love your song. It gets in my head. Let's watch full length movie on YouTube. I keep forgetting to play that version. Michael Spiegelman. It gets in my head and then I just can't get it. And then I think of you all the time. And now that you're around and then you quote, quote, you, you have a presence on the internet. I feel like, I feel like I actually know you. Yeah, I kind of feel the same way, Tim. I really do. Uh, it's funny what, you know, the internet connects us in that weird way. Uh, it's like half real. So that's great. Yeah, it's it's like having a Teddy Ruxpin that actually answers you. <laughs> it's nice. Well, everyone have fun. And um, I, I honestly Thanks. don't care about the game today. I mean, who either team, who who cares? We don't care. Who cares? We don't care. Do, is this, like, is there going to be chips? <laughs> That's all I care about. Yeah. I hate going to Super Bowl parties and they're like, well, you don't want to watch sports? Well, you have the commercials. And I'm like, uh, <laughs> wow. Thanks. Oh, yeah. thank God. Thank Phew. you, world. Oh, you, mean, well, you know, they, you tricking us into spending money. 
you know what? If there was no commercials, the Super Bowl would be ending sooner. So how about that? I would rather there was no commercials. These goddamn commercials are making me sit here another hour. Right? Fuck those commercials. I'm here to punch those commercials in the face. Wow, Mike. Such aggressiveness. I know. I'm really hostile towards Super Bowl commercials. I admire that. Oh, thank you. Yeah, so a lot of people admire me. What about halftime? What about halftime? Um... Yeah, halftime on watch. That's entertainment. And also the um, wardrobe man malfunction with Janet Jackson and what's his face? Yes. What's his face will be back today? Uh, what's his face is performing tonight with a Prince hologram? With a hologram? Yeah, wow. there's gonna be a hologram of Prince. You know, Prince is dead to me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so. There was once upon a time in which there was no such thing as rat. Oh, by the way, they found it. They're all happy, you see? That's oh. Emmett Smith here, and the other guy who will be in James Cameron's Titanic, um, and another guy with glasses who, like, you know his face as a character actor, but he, I don't know. This. Okay, that model there, that costs a lot of money to make. That's all practical. Which is dumb. That's a physical model, because now they would just be like, computer yeah yeah so um have you ever seen a movie called uh titanic 2 no this is a company that makes like snakes on a train they make movies uh uh based on uh popular movies on on other yeah and so titanic 2 is the name of a uh new ship the ship is called the Titanic II, Titanic II. Right. And it goes off, and when did you know it, it hits an iceberg and sinks. <laughs> <laughs> what did you know it? When do you believe? It's, it's Titanic T-O-O. Uh, okay. Okay, so that model cost $350,000. And when it was finished, it was too big for its tank. A bigger tank had to be built for six million dollars a tank that could hold more than 40 million liters of water and it was built next to a smaller tank which had which has been used now for a number of movies the total cost of the six million was one million more than it cost to build the original titanic now this is a little unfair because we're talking about 1912 dollar uh 1910 dollars and 197 you know 79 dollars but still colossal waste um, it made the budget $15 million before they shot one frame. Man, so we're, uh, we're 50 minutes into it, so we have uh, uh, another hour to go in this movie. <laughs> you make that seem like a bad thing. Yeah, well, I'm, I always do that when I host a show. I'm like, we got six more comics left. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Hey, we're halfway through the show. We're practically yeah, almost halfway through the show. Uh, so well, I was going to tell you something that I interrupted myself. I wish I could remember what that was. Was it about raising the Titanic? <laughs> Most likely. So now, like, the film kind of speeds up because they found it all. And what they're going to start doing now is deploying... Um, uh, like uh, air bubbles into it and depth charges 
So they're going to put like sacks of air, fill them with air, and then they're going to explode underneath it. And that upward promote propulsion plus the buoyancy of the 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 balloons will rise it. Oh, so bags, those, those bags of hot air uh, I actually follow on Facebook now. <laughs> I have a bag of hot air that you follow on Facebook. Yeah, I loved your work and raised the Titanic. Okay, so I remember what it was now. There was a time on this planet when there was no such thing as a Razzie Award, okay? And the Razzie Award started in 1981, just in time for this film. So, this film, the Raise the Titanic, racked up three nominations at the first Golden Raspberry Awards, Razzie's uh, Worst Picture, Worst Supporting Actor, and Worst Screenplay. Now, it didn't win. No, there was a lot of contenders back in 1980. It's prestigious just to be nominated oh, absolutely. for a Razzie. Oh, shit. I, it's paused on me. What, number, what time are you on, Carl? Oh, darn. Did it? Okay, let me pause mine. Okay, right now... I'm paused at 52 and 21 seconds. What do you want to do? Uh, tell me the number again. What, what is it again, Carl? 5221. So 52, okay, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to go to 5221. Oh, you're just going to go right to it? Yeah, I'll, I'll let you know when I get there, and then and then you could hit... Uh, and I'll hit play. I'm okay. on 52.4 for those playing okay. at home. So what number again? 5221. All right. Oh, yeah, I won't. Seconds. All right. A lot of underwater uh, scudaldery going on. 17, 18, 20, 21. Okay. Okay. Right now we're having, like, scenes of awe. Like, they, they can't believe they found it, and they're, oh, look at that, it's a window. <sighs> and, and, you know, we're getting hyped that this is a great, great thing. Look, drown Irish people. Right? Titanic? Hey, look, you can still see some of the poor. <laughs> hey, that's the boat that Jack fucked that good lady in. The car, right? He fucked it in the car. Wait, what? In the movie Titanic, right? Kate Winslet and Leo get it on in a parked car in one of the uh, one of the floors. A parked car? Yeah, I, they... I didn't remember that. Boy, he had his low class thing in that upper class pooch. Yeah, like he could That's... fuck. He could have. They could have fucked anywhere. He's like, let's make out of the back seat of a car. <laughs> <laughs> in 1912, that was a big deal. You know, I didn't think that movie was so great, but there is that one scene where she's going to take the axe and free him from the chain. Uh huh. And he's like, okay, wait, wait, wait. Why don't you practice? Do a practice chop. <laughs> Remember? Yeah. Oh, I love like, that. I trust you. Okay, I trust you. I love that movie. That's one of my favorite movies. It is? It's romantic and it's a lot of death and destruction. So it's a lot of like big boy bang bang and a lot of girly girly kiss kiss. And it works perfectly. <laughs> it works good. And it complements each other. It could be a romance or it could be a disaster film or an action film. It's just, uh, it's, it's all of them at once. It's a pretty good movie. I'm not being sarcastic, Carl. No, understood. Understood. You're, uh, I, I have my, like uh, I have my guilty pleasures. I would like to see Mike of 1989, who would totally be. Mike, sarcastic. well, you okay, did. You so did. Those are flashlight boobs. 
you see them? Yeah, all flat side boobs are using there's left boob and right boob lighting the uh, see, sunken the Titanic. Don't match, but it still gives me a boner. Ooh, they went from the exterior of the Titanic to an actual string quartet playing at a party. No, you would think that that was some sort of allusion right. to the string quartet, but it's not. You it's don't know a thing in this movie about that string quartet myth. They spent a lot of money in movies sometimes, like around the early 80s, because it was like uh, Under the Rainbow and Heaven's Gate's going to come out in a couple of years in 81, I think. Mm-hmm. They just spent money. Okay, so it's uh, not Yakov Smirnoff again. Other Russian. He's like, right. They're talking about the progress. They have now found the ship. So I, uh, we killed a guy's dog. His name was John Wick. You idiot! You unleashed the devil! You killed John Wick's dog? Oh, you idiot. Russian son of mine. I once killed so, John. I once killed John Wick's dog, and he's like, "Yeah." And they're like, uh, "Do you know who John Wick is?" I'm like, "Yeah, whatever." Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, whatever. Whatever. What's the worst gonna happen to me? Yeah, I said Beetlejuice three times. Big deal. Candy man. I said his name five times in the mirror. Later. I watched that movie. I answered the phone. This other guy. Care. Oh, I'm sorry. This other guy on the screen, I recognize the the other mouth the breather. One on the right. On uh, the left, he's walking back into the building. Yeah, he's he's the Russian who's in everything, who's uh, not Yakov Smirnov. Yeah, okay, I know who you're talking about. I thought you were talking about the older guy. And he's a legit Russian. He's a Ukrainian. Oh, you, you but don't you recognize his face from Moscow and the Hudson, or no. no? Yeah, I do. I recognize him from everything that Yakov Smirnov's not in. So I, <laughs> so I uh, once was in Washington Square Park, and there was um, uh, Mork, uh, Robin Williams. And I didn't know it at the time, but he was dressed like Moscow on the Hudson, so he must have been filming it. Oh, and then when showed Moscow up on, on the, the stars. Hudson came out. I said, "Oh, I know. That's the dude." Okay, now we're gonna have a serious girly fight. Um, we're gonna find out that she actually lived with. It, it got leaked that they found the Titanic, and she's a reporter, so he's going and saying. People are going to think that I told you, but it was really the Russians who leaked it to her. And she's like, I can't tell you my sources. I don't know. I think it's pillow talk, but, you know, she's got her Lois Lane glasses on. Oh, yeah. But it's going to be revealed that she and Dirk, you know, Logan's run, uh, Francis, lived together. And she goes, well, why did you break up if he was so great? And she goes, because I was stupid and it like breaks his heart he runs away and she's like I'm sorry I didn't mean it so we're about to see that drama unfold okay did he tell you so that's what this is all about finally a woman in this movie look at that old style newsroom with yeah sure that's the, the ticker tape this is, really this is what my father's office was like this is what writers look like they had a bulletin board with thumbtacks. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's a telephone, one phone rings in the background. All you hear is the teletype machine. Titanic will be raised. The thing would rock in the cradle. They were so loud. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The, there's a couple computers. There's one computer. It's green screen. Wow. That broke his heart. See that? Crack. 
Just leave. Oh, he threw the newspaper in the yep. compost pile. Right, you idiot! It's recyclable. You, John, you dropped your newspaper. Oh, he's taking the stairs. This is back when yeah. the doors didn't lock. It. Not waiting on the elevator. I'm too upset. This is pre 9 11. All the doors are unlocked in the S- in the stair square. Yeah, pre 9 11 by a lot. Okay, so. That's it. We never again see. Okay, so now they know that it's raised the Titanic. And so instead of denying it, Jason Robards is like, okay, I'll go get <laughs> everything. You got it. it. But not the Byzantium part. They're like, what about this rumor that there's a power source there? Like, no comment. Uh, is he like, this is a... Press conference, right? Because it kind of looks like an uh, art auction. Fill her lower compartments with Here's the balloon. Right here. Bumped in, drove hoses, placed in position. Rocking hoses. submersible cruise. As the phone goes in. Look at the old style, like they had to print it and yeah. hang up a, uh, you know, on an easel. All right, so he's he's using an eraser. No, that's a miniature of the um, oh, this balloon. The I gotcha. And then watching it, and we'll raise it. It's so oh. stupid. He goes raise. Raise it. He has a toy Titanic in his hands, and he lifted. It. He raised it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's it. Well, thank you guys for watching Raise yeah, the right. Titanic. That was the scene where they raised the Titanic. It was a toy boat. <laughs> Look at this. They're outside a deli. This is not even like a... Is this Washington, D.C.? looks like the Upper East, West Side or something. It did look like New York, didn't it? Yeah. This is D.C. This is D.C. I guess this is what it looked like back then. Single file. What about the rumor of the power source? Look oh. at his eyes. No comment. No comment. So why do you want to raise the Titanic? Something about nuclear it? bombs? No comment. That's ridiculous. That sounds the stupidest thing I ever heard. <laughs> you made a movie about it, it would probably flop. I guess that's DC. Look at those big ass streets. Yeah. Big ass diagonal streets. All right, some underwater lighting. Ladies and gentlemen, so please Lou, welcome. Uh, grade, right? He was like, I like the movie. Uh, you know, because he just like is pretending that he didn't want to flop. I thought the movie was good, particularly enjoying the actual raising of the Titanic scene where Dirk Pitt walks the Rex Ballroom. He blamed the failure of the film on par, in part on the release of a TV movie on the same topic, the SOS Titanic, which was kind of like, uh, I don't know. But it was released through EMI Films, which Lou Grade's brother was the chairman Lou Grade? Oh, I got you. From Grade Film, I got you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, it's not fair. Race the Titanic came out in theaters 11 months after this SOS film. Yeah, and I never even heard of SOS Titanic. Right. And Which so, is, nobody well, heard the SOS. Had then, but nobody heard the, S- the SOS. That's the reason why I sang. Look how pretty. Yeah, nobody that's really nice. Heard the SOS, right? <laughs> uh, Sunrise. His other flop was a movie called Can't Stop the Music. Did you ever hear of it? Sure, that's with the Village People, directed by Nancy Walker. 
Really? Yeah, she directed that movie. Now, this was also... Now, you know EMI as a record company. They were trying to be a film company. So they put out this film that failed. They put out Can't Stop the Music and it failed. And yeah. they said, forget it. Just forget it. We're not doing movies. <laughs> we're over two and we're done. Uh, here comes a chopper. They did make a little money because they sold off the company to like Siri, like Universal and Sirius Place. Yeah, Can't Stop the Music. You've seen that movie, right? I have not. I uh, have never heard of it before, but it sounds really interesting and the village people are in it. Sure, it's uh, Steve Gutenberg and uh, Bruce Jenner's in the movie. Caitlyn really? Jenner, yeah. And uh, the village people play themselves, basically. And they sing. And it's directed by the woman from the Bounty uh, paper, commercial, paper, uh, paper Towel commercials, Nancy Walker. Now, you can't say that the village people played themselves, because every time they were the village people, one guy's an Indian, one guy's a cop. <laughs> Yeah, they Not played five times. One guy's a construction dude. Uh, they, uh, there was a story that one of the village people, one of the original village people during the 90s was uh, was at this bar in the Lower Hay called Don's Different Ducks. Mm. And that, okay. uh, uh, I think Details Magazine was trying to contact the band and they reached the guy through the payphone at the bar. Uh-huh. This is more like the Navy is helping out with the shoot, and they only really had budget for one. That's a balloon. It's an example balloon, and it's going to go down and um, get placed under the under the ship. See, now, 17 people wrote this film. Wow. Rewrites and rewrites and rewrites. It was actually, uh, well, that's because the first 15 drowned. This is a. Okay, so only one person talks about it. The other. Okay, 16 of the writers said to the American Writers Guild, we want credit for writing this film. And only the p- two people who actually, you know, end up with the version that we're seeing right now get the credit. But this guy, Larry Mick, Mick Moultrie, okay, he's right. the only one who didn't go for credit. He disliked the novel, considering it less than a novel and more of a manual on how to raise a very large ship from beneath the deep sea. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's crazy because the novel was full of spy stories sure. and this Dirk character, but that's what he said. Well, you know, speaking of spies and underwater, I don't know if you've ever seen Thunderball, but that's probably one of the dullest sure. James Bond movies there is because Sean Connery is battling people underwater. Uh, and... Uh, it's just slow. Like if if you punch, you ever try to punch somebody underwater? It takes like forever. <laughs> you know, your arms like. Yeah. And if you're watching and you're like, I think he's trying to punch that guy. He's almost there. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's really slow. So watching things submerge is not as they should speed it up and play some clown music over it or something. Almost there. Almost there. It takes a while. Docking. It's gonna be big. Elliot Gould was offered the lead role. Uh, yeah, he said yes, and they they picked up Jason Robards by mistake. They're like, here you go, Mr. Gould. <laughs> no, Dirk, Dirk, our Logan's oh. Run guy. And what did he say? Fuck this. 
But Jerv said yes. But I mean, uh, Logan's run guy said, oh, yeah, Elliot Gould turned it down. Also, they offered it to Steve McQueen. Now, I do have a quote from Steve McQueen. Not a quote, but Steve McQueen felt that the script was flat, and he turned down the offer. So Steve McQueen in 1980, I know he did uh, Towering Inferno, which I guess is 78, 79. But what did, I mean, what did he do? Like, did he... Um, what? Did he act Steve McQueen in 1980? Did he do a different movie? Can I find a movie I from that no period? I have no idea. I mean, if he did Towering Inferno... He did The Getaway, right? That was probably late 70s, 80s. Well, that was, yeah, with that great car chase, and that was 70s. Right. Oh, so I have a okay, thunder... Now, this is a plot point. I'm sorry I have to interrupt you, okay. but it's going to change the plot All right. of the film. Okay, so this uh, ship went down there, and it got hooked on some... Cracomium. Let's see. Uh, I don't know. It got hooked on a structure in the Titanic, okay? And it cannot get free, right? And they're going to die there. They're going to run out of air, you know. See, there they are, like... This sucks. And our hero, oh, they're taking pictures? <laughs> our hero is on board, see? Okay. Now, as you know, Dirk doesn't like the hero because the hero is boning his old girlfriend who he, you know, really loves. And as we learned, she really loved him. So, so the life that's in the balance here is a guy that Dirk hates, Okay. You're with me? I guess. What's this have to okay. do with Titanic? Now, they're clearly going to die. You see, they're putting on the masks because of um, the, the the putrid, uh, dangerous, noxious fumes, right? So what Dirk does is he decides, okay, we got to raise the Titanic right now or these guys die. And they're like, Dirk, you're crazy. We're two <laughs> weeks ahead of schedule. There's no way. There's no way. We still have 45 minutes left in this two-hour movie. <laughs> I mean, Listen to look, this. Everything's in place. <sighs> yes, but it's untested. You're being reckless. God, and movies. Like... Die. So, 1979 was Star Trek: The Motion Picture, where you got to watch spaceships move in space slowly to its destination, or you could watch Raise the Titanic and watch, uh-huh. yeah, Towering Inferno. Towering Inferno was all right. I okay, guess. so. Now he's getting briefed in the story. He says, Jason Robards is like, this is great news. The guy you hate, he's going to die. <laughs> and Dirk's like, no, I won't. That's morally incorrect. He has the girl. Okay, so now he looks at maps and he says, we can do this now. And he says, why? And and that guy's over there going, damn it, McLeod. That's all he ever does. And Emmett's like, I'm just here because I got a job. I, I really don't have a role. <laughs> I don't have speaking lines. He's military. He gets to wear different uniforms and stuff. With his big belly. <laughs> Look, we set up this. Okay, so, by the way, I think it's really quite silly, but the um, the internet claims that a bunch of continuity crap happens here. Um, okay, here it is. Deep Quest is the name of the ship that got trapped, and it got trapped on the Titanic Skylight. That's what I couldn't find before. Okay. Um, there's some continuity. Like, they call it the submarine. First they're calling it the sea cliff, then they're calling it the turtle. And they go back and forth. That's the problem. But 
Oh, there it is. What is this? They got like some kind of plunger? Well, and the toilet's set backed not up. All, not all charges are in place, so they've got to scramble now. They look to, like kegs. Yeah. They have yeah. to scramble now to deploy the charges that they were going to do over the next two weeks. Right now. they got to put them in the water now. Yeah, while these guys run out of air. Um, twice when the explosive probes are placed and armed, the probe being placed is a completely different number than the one armed. You know, like number they call out. Pitt says the explosive charges will be detonated eight seconds apart. The explosions are random, except for the last two, which occur less than a second apart. I don't know. Is that a big continuity error? I guess. I just want to see something blow up. I mean, we're talking over this, but this is what people are listening to and watching. I mean, how boring is that shit? Real time. The soundtrack was so boring that I didn't even, like, research who it was or anything. Oh, it's uh, Mahatma Gandhi. Oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah, before he uh, came back. They armed it. Put the charge in place, and then they click a plunger, and a light goes on. It's like armed. Nice. I'm writing down notes. I'm learning how to uh, make explosives <laughs> thanks to YouTube. Wow, this is so boring. This drilling part is so boring, Carl. Uh, okay. All right. Boring. No one will argue that point with you. Byzanium. Oh, yeah, they can't wait to get their hands on that Byzanium. Yeah, because they're going to do a strategic defense. There was no other Byzanium in 1912? They can't go to, like, a museum and just take it from there? There were other Byzaniums, but there was not enough, according to the weak plot of this film. There was Byzanium where it was was Titanic and World Trade Center, right? That was the only two locations? (laughs) Raise the World Trade Center? That's not going to happen. That's not going to happen. Have you been to the memorial? It's too pit where the, they stood and there were waterfalls. Do you? No, I haven't. That? I haven't been to New York City. The last time I've been that close was when, I, when we went back to New Jersey and uh-huh. uh, visited our hometown, where there's a uh, memorial at Eagle Rock Reservation in Montclair. Yeah, right, right. So I saw that memorial and I saw the new skyline, which I hadn't seen. Uh, for over 25 years. and we uh, saw Freedom Tower. The Freedom Tower. Freedom Tower? Or Towers? Yeah. Or, no, one. There's one. only one. Yeah. So, when you go to the memorial, what you see is two large square uh, squares in the ground and wa- a waterfall flows in them. And that is where the the building stood. Huh. Um, so. Oh, that's really cool. They didn't build okay, over Okay, so there. you can see they're filling them now with the air. Right. Right, and they're all scrambling to save the lives of these people who are. That's why we keep cutting back to the gas masks. It's like those are the we dying have people. Seven minutes to live. The only way. So it's a choice between wasting seven hundred million dollars in explosives uh, and saving two people. Uh, three, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, well. And it's been set up this whole film that these two don't like each other, so it's supposed to be like an act of Dirk, like. The jerk move. Uh, 
what was that movie with George Clooney and he, they go out on like um, Deadliest Catch kind of thing and it had Marky Mark in it. Um, was it Three Kings? No. <laughs> that's the Iraq War. This is, they went out in like Deadliest Catch. Um, Deadliest Catch. Well, you know, they went to, to find uh, the, the, it was Perfect Storm, the Perfect Storm. Oh, I saw that movie too. Yeah, right. So the guy who's like banging my ex-wife you know, goes into the water. He's like caught by the hook, and the guy, you know, the the, the guy who hates him is the one who saves him. Uh, so now the guy's got to be like, "Well, I guess, guess I owe you." I'll let you fuck my wife, dude. It's kind of the same situation. It's like this guy's fighting hard to save the life of a person he doesn't like because he's a human being, and blah blah blah. So they're blow- this is the money shot right now. This is the air balloons blowing yeah. up underneath the Titanic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The single-piece Titanic. Right. Yeah. What about the iceberg? Are the icebergs in the water? <laughs> that, that long... Remember long. that? The fucking iceberg? Oh, thanks to the climate... Uh, climate. Oh, by the way, uh, you know, our Logan's Run guy was actually in Clute. I think you know that film. Oh, Clute, I can't stand that movie. That's the one with uh, Donald Sutherland yeah. and Jane Fonda. I can't watch that right. movie. That's so hard. I hate it, too. I hate it, too. Oh, wait, I have to interrupt myself. Yeah. You see the depth there. It says 12,347 feet. Right. Right? This film, even though they couldn't have known it, was extremely accurate. The computer de- displays that... But the wreck was discovered in 1985, and it was resting at a depth of 12,415 feet. So the 12,000 was correct. The way you talk, are you are you sure that you are not the RMST Titanic fan from 2012? Because <laughs> you know, well, I'm embarrassed to admit it, but <laughs> you caught me. So anyway, in Clute, uh, he was the man who was kissing Jane Fonda in a nightclub. And he didn't get credit. Uh, well, you know, you didn't remember him. I worked on. He a pop- also was in Les Mis uh, as a TV movie, and he did Jean Valjean. The oh. famous. He was Jean Van. He was Jean Van Jean. He was Jean Van Jean in in Les, Les Miserables. <laughs> Les Miserable. I just want a piece of bread. Hey, look, are you going to use these candle holders or what? I don't see no candles in them. That's right, he was jailed for stealing bread to feed his family. Right, and then he was going to be framed or like they let him steal the candlesticks. Remember the cop kills himself? He just... It was Russell Crowe, wasn't it? I don't... Well, I mean... In the musical, uh, the theatrical movie version. Yeah, let's see, who was it? It was... uh, um, It was... It was Wolverine, dude. Yes. It was... The Devil Wears Prada Lady. Am I right? Yeah. Colette? Sure. There was a lady in Devil Wears Prada. We're watching in great painful detail a raising of the Titanic. Here, listen. You could hear dolphin sounds in the background. No refunds. <laughs> you got suckered. What a ripoff. This is it. This is what yeah. we're watching. Wow. This is 10-ton, 50-foot scale model. It is, it was, it cost $7 bucks. God, that's a lot of waste of money. They, 
There's a stat here. They raised it like a, a whole bunch of times before they got the shot that the director liked. Where is it? When it first floated from CNBC, from CBS Studios, they launched it out of the lagoon they used for Gilligan's Island. Oh, no kidding. This is the Gilligan's Island right here? Not right here, no. When, when, it, when it left port in Oh, I California. see. Makes sense, considering it's a three-hour... You know, that's what they watched for the three-hour tour. It was The first two hours was watching Raise the Titanic. <laughs> now, this... Okay, you see it like slow motion. Yeah. It's a model. It's, they can't do CGI, of course. Right. And Lou loves this scene. Lou loves this scene. He used to screen it in his house and he would watch it over and over this one reel and he would have them move forward 35 millimeter film until this part so Lou Hedge Lou Lou producer Lou Grade Lou Grade right yeah yeah that reminds me of like that Howard Hawks story about uh, he made a movie called The Conqueror with with uh John Wayne and it was shot in like a radioactive part of Arizona and they say that's uh-huh. what caused uh, Wayne to die it was from cancer from inhaling that, uh, but that John Hughes would, uh, that Howard Hughes would watch that movie over and over again mm, that sounds you know and that guy just had so much fun he just did whatever he wanted oh yeah Oh, so Here this is, is the Titanic. The Titanic model was raised more than 50 times until the satisfactory shot was acquired. Jesus Christ, it's just a cruddy movie. Yeah. I mean, that's insane because we're watching it now, and I, I swear, like, dust is more interesting. You know? <laughs> Actual dust. <laughs> like, if there was dust in the screen and I'm watching it, I'd be like, whoa, check out that dust. Whoa, look at that dust. I can see patterns in it. Whoa, it's been a while. Someone wrote, wash me. Yeah, but this... Now, there's supposed to be... The camera's going to pan across the Titanic, and you'll see a very tiny little bit of movement um, about midway along the hill, because as a gag, the special effects crew created a tiny prop of two figures working a hand pump. That's their joke, apparently. So we'll look for that. You could tell this was shot in a tub because you can see some guy's leg next to the boat. Hey! And now they're... they're look at his freaked out look. Um, they're, this, they should now save the guys in the submersible. We raised the Titanic! Exclamation point. Now this model was on display at a place called Anchor Bay in Malta. But it's close to the set that was used for the town of Sweet Haven in the film Popeye, nineteen eighty. I would, uh, I would be like in nineteen ninety seven. I'd be like, come see the Titanic movie, Titanic, Titanic. Well, nineteen ninety seven, you'd still be okay. In two thousand three, there, they, uh, there was a hurricane and the model was destroyed. Oh, that's too bad. God was a James Cameron fan. There's our submersible. Oh, it's and they're saved. Yay! I think I'd be scared to death if I was underwater like that. You know, you mentioned Sahara. Yeah. Um, the guy who wrote Sahara, you know, Kustler, he also hated that. 
and he sued them. That's absolutely right. He sued the movie. It was so such a bad version of his novel. He said for failing to consult him him on the script. Now I don't know the results if he was successful. So without checking, from what I remember, Michael Eisner was a, a uh, powerful Hollywood man, and this movie was directed by his son, uh, Brock Eisner, who I think also did a remake of The Crazies, the George Romero movie. He did a. You mean Sahara was? Well, he he did Sahara, and he also did yeah. The Crazies. But Sahara was like a hundred million dollar movie flop, and it yeah. had uh, uh, Mahanahey, and it had uh, Steve Zahn. No, it had it had the. Right. And the kid, the guy from The Hangover, from uh, uh, Giggly, Jiggly, uh, Jason Bertha, and well, it was basically Steve. No, I'm thinking of Steve Zahn. Steve Zahn would be like the wisecracking guy, like like Jason. Right, Bertha I remember and, him. National Treasure. Sidekick, wisecracker. Wisecracker. Okay, I didn't see a model of two guys doing a pump. No, I haven't seen it yet. Well, we're past it now. Yeah. The shots over. I don't know. Huh. I look for it, but. Yeah, let's see it. Oh, here we go. Here's the today's script revisions. Well, where we are really, it's an old Greek ocean liner. It's the steamship. It's called SS Athena, something like that. So this is an actual and, set. I mean, this well, is they a... converted it to look like the Titanic did, apparently. Now you see what's in his hand. He's got the flag from Alec Guinness. Right. But the place is Dutch completely designer wrecked. designer John Decour supervised workers from Greece, France, and Italy to transform the vessel into the Titanic. You did a lot of research, Carl. Always. So I'm going to have to pay you for this show. Oh. Yeah, hey. Did you get my letter, by the way? Yeah, and, uh, I just so put I it in the box. You? I just oh, put it in the box. I just put it in the box. Uh, okay, so they spent a lot of money, like, flooding this and making it look wrecked and flooding it again flooding it again until it really looked yucky. Then they shot a bunch of S&M porn in there. <laughs> I suppose. Yeah. Now, I wish Alec would show up one more time and he could say, well, I did what you said, Alec. Right, and then a hologram of him, like his spirit shows up with Hayden Christensen. He's like, thank you. <laughs> like in... Uh, Star Wars. Yeah, like in the second two films. Yeah. Because he died and they had to make a sequel, so they, he showed up as a ghost. I'm here to cash another check. Did you see the new Star Wars? Not yet. What? No. All right, never mind then. I saw the house with Will Ferrell and Amy Poehler. I saw that. Yeah. Oh, I saw a good. Yeah. I saw a good movie Some called. Funny stuff. They, yeah, those guys are funny. Jason Mraz is funny. They now just. Look, yeah. What we're looking at. I'm sorry to interrupt you. It's just it's going to pass. Right. What we're looking at here. They spent a lot of money to make it look exactly the same, allegedly. This is the ballroom. I should mention, I worked on a project at work, and it was it was a, based on a boat, and there was a lot of politics involved, and a lot of people hated the project. And mm-hmm. at the end, we had a little party, and uh, they presented the menu of the Titanic as a little party uh, gift for everyone involved in the project. Uh-huh. And I think that was backhanded. That was fun, right? Yeah, yeah, I got to know what they ate on the Titanic. Guys looking for a nice place to shit. Maybe right here. I think he's supposed to put it at a specific place. He's looking that for that biarium, right? But yeah, okay, so it's Byzanium. So at the end of the film they go to cargo hold number nine. Now, 
they only had a cargo hold number one and two and a mail hold on the real Titanic. So they didn't do their homework. But nonetheless, the safe, they're going to, okay, well, I'll just wait till they get to that scene. Right. Otherwise, he's, he's been walking on this boat a lot. Now, are they playing drama music? Because Let's listen. Nope, just the nature. Oh, he's this putting up a flag. This a big deal part. So the U.S. government is spending mucho dollars to lift up this ship, and he's putting a fucking flag on it? Get the fuck out of here. Yay! Yay! What? It's a swastika. I hate boats. I, I just don't understand how the flag was, you know, like, I guess he took it with him and put it on on the escape boat. Alec Guinness took it with him. Alex, it, the boat was sinking. Alex Guinness ran up to that flag mast, lowered the flag, removed the flag, folded up I'll the flag. I'll save you. Yeah. I'll save you. <laughs> honey, honey, help, help the children. Ah, they're old enough. They, they're not They're not a flag. <laughs> okay. Here comes a Russian. Oh, they're going to steal this by Sarium. Right. And I think here comes a Russian. Wait, maybe I'm wrong. Hold on. Well, he's taking his time for someone who's Russian. Oh, it's Jason Robards. Okay. All so right. now it's time to go and and get the Byzanium. It's the, oh, no, it's the Russian. See, this is the that Russian guy I thought was the guy you were talking that you got mixed up with Yakov Smirnov. I didn't realize right. it was the other guy. There's a fairy McFairy face. There's tugboat McTug face. Tugboat face. Oh, by the way, um, these are tugboats that are for a harbor. And if they were to really try to tug a ship from deep sea, it would be very dangerous. They're the wrong kinds of tugboats. And the Internet thought that was important to tug. Well, that's, yeah, that's very important. you you got to let the word out on the Internet and let people warn people. They're pulling off like a relic. They're raising relics. Has anybody raised the blank before? Bismarck, maybe? I don't know. Anybody raised the Oh, oh, Arizona, right? There was a ship called the Arizona, and they raised the Arizona. Raising Arizona. (laughs) That's where the title kind of plays on. So now they're they're hooking up the tug. What's happening? Where's the carpenter going? There's a stretch call. There's a freighter in trouble. And they're going to tow it home. You want to talk about the government Emmett doesn't do anything, man. He stands around, he looks to the left, that guy talking, he looks to the right, at the other guy talking. He's the audience. He's like he a front row seat. They didn't spend their money well on him. Okay, so I guess the Russian was landing the chopper on his very own ship, oh, not on. He soon will board the Titanic, but we're not there yet. Okay, you see that battleship? Yeah, sure. That's a Russian battleship that could sink the Titanic again. Oh, before the Americans get the Bicerium. Yeah, by from the Russian Byzanium. 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 Look at him, he's all set up in a laboratory. He's got his own office, working electricity. Permission granted. Captain Trevlov and come aboard. Yes, sir. Admiral, are you sure we want to do this? Why not? How can it be? We might as well listen to what he's got to say. It's he, he it's on a seaman's uh uh paycheck. Salary. Okay, so I think here now comes the Russian to 
Okay, so the Russian asked for permission to come aboard, and that's what they were talking about. They said, let's see what the man has to say. You know what's funny? You see that star from Soviet Union, and meanwhile, the Titanic flag had that same kind of five-pointed star. Right. Yeah, I never saw that flag before, that Alex Guinness flag he hung up. I never really... Well, you know, Titanic wasn't a, wasn't a government ship or anything, so it had its own... Okay, so here is Russian guy. Russian guy says... Welcome to the Titanic, Captain. Like, either, like, you give us the Byzanium or we sink the Titanic with our battleship. Oh, that's a hard bargain. Well, you don't know where our battleship is. Yeah, it's C-8 and C-9. Damn it. No, no, no. No, no, no. The Russians have a battleship. Right. They brought along. C-8. And they sing... You you would understand. Do you? I get it. The The Russians have a battleship and they're going to sink the Titanic unless they get the Bicrasium. They say, either you give us the Byzanium or we sink the Titanic. Byzanium. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. I like how serious they are. Yeah. We will sink the Titanic unless you give us Byzanium. Did I say that right? <laughs> Is that yeah. what people Wouldn't say? Wouldn't that be a international incident and like the Cold War would become the hot war? must have it to guarantee the security of our people. We arm ourselves only as a deterrent to war. I don't think Jason Robards said one of the 12 words in this movie. No, no, uh, you just had it on mute. <laughs> you won't shut <laughs> up. Oh, yeah, that's my problem. Movie. Oh, no, he's sucking now. Dirk? Dick pick? I dick pick. Okay, so now he like goes on the microphone and he's like, you know, bring out the blah, blah, blah. And now the Russian is finding out that they have a sub. You know, the Americans anticipated this move. Checkmate. Uh, yeah, the Russian is like, what is your bluff? You are bluffing. Now, here's the sub here's who's the like superior to the battleship, apparently. <laughs> in your Russian face. Yeah, in your Russian face. And, you know, that was just made for an American audience to... Right, when this movie was released in Russia, they cut the scene out. Well, I mean, all sorts of movies were released in Russia that were, like, the other way around. Oh, like that comedy Red Dawn. And here's um, the jet fighters. Listen, I'm being serious now. They, Rush, in Russia, they had lots of movies, and they were always beating the Americans in the movie. Slavoj Žižek uh, makes that clear in his book, um, A Pervert's Guide to the Cinema. Huh. <laughs> so now the Russian guy is like, okay, you win. This is American movie, okay, you win. Right, in Russia the, movie, we win. Yeah. So he just leaves. <laughs> I'm out, he's... Ha-ha! We got him! 
So all they did was spend millions of dollars to bluff this guy just to show them the force. And then the Russians are like, we're out of here. Americans yeah. showed us their hand. We're out of here. We can't play on this. All right. Bye-bye, Russian. Okay, bye, Russian. Thanks e- for coming. Easiest board of Russian. Now attack. it's time for the big reveal. We're going to go get the Byzanium. Oh, God, this fucking Byzanium. That's the stupidest thing I heard. I know, like, Avatar, they they were they were looking for, what, Ultratanium? Remember they had, like, a... Yeah, there was a... Right, there was something they... There was a mineral they needed from Alpha Centauri. Right, from Alpha Centauri. And there's a mineral they need from the Titanic. James Cameron did the Titanic. You think he saw this film and said, hey, that could be an idea. I think so. I think if I produced the race of the Titanic, I would sue James Cameron. Now, the internet says these tugboats are fine if it's nice, calm seas, but as soon as it gets to be rough seas, they are sunk. So if you really wanted to tug, that's a model, by the way. If yeah. you really wanted to tug... Uh, a ship. Oh, World Trade Center, World Trade Center. Serious. What? World Trade Center. Was oh, that... are we, is this Manhattan? No. No, it's not? Oh, I'm just saying World Trade Center is now, I'm obsessed. It can't be Manhattan because you still have a shoreline. Where did it sink? Well, what was that, buddy? Who's that lady holding Ba-boom. that torch? Huh? Torch lady? Philly torch lady? I don't think so. <laughs> In your face, Is Al- that the Detroit holding the book of the torch lady? Oh, look, a lot of extras. How the hell they get all the way from deep sea to here, and they still haven't gone to Cargo Hold 9, right? Oh, well, they got stuck in Jersey traffic on the boat. Okay. Oh, there's this a Goodyear blimp. a real event. Um, uh, actually, when you disappeared, I was telling the crowd about this real event. It's from... Okay. It's stock footage from 79. But so did they... So what was the boat? They actually had a boat during this this I, event? I don't know the answer. I that love, doesn't make I, sense. Bad movies for me are when uh, they the characters show up at the end at a parade and pretend the parade's for them. Like they shoot a real event and then they have the characters walk around it. I love that stuff. So the fact that See the actually, old style police car of New York? Yeah. The blue one? Yeah, the kids are having cigarettes. This is old New York. Kids are smoking. <laughs> Um, this is the Greek, the Greek ship they restored. But but see that's yeah that is the Greek ship they restored. I don't know. So that footage. So now is, it's time to go get the Byzantine, which doesn't make sense because it so, would have taken them a month to tow it home. So you were saying earlier that that footage we just watched now is actually right. some real life event that had nothing. That's a different ship and people got upset. Yeah. Well, yeah, you're absolutely right. They spent all their money already. Just give them the stock footage so it can end this movie. All right, here comes the bicozanium. I learned a new word. Yeah, well, it's fake. There's no such thing as bicozanium? That's right. <laughs> I don't remember it. I think James Cameron stole this idea and used it for Avatar. Oh. Okay, it's... so they say that um, Cargo Hold 9 was air watertight, but the truth is, even if it was watertight, a safe at... 12,000 feet down in the ocean would have been crushed. Oh, yeah. The internet says, like, an empty beer can. This safe, not the cargo hold. Well, there's a dead body in there, and they just noticed it. It happened to be on the ground. They didn't smell it at all. This is deja vu from uh, Geraldo Rivera. Yeah. 
Well, that's all we got. Uh, see you later. All right, they're going to open it. Finally, we get to see the unveil. Forget raising the Titanic. Here's unboxing the Byzantium. Unboxing the Byzantium. This is an unboxing video on YouTube right now. Check it it's out. It's actually ultimate fighting, not... Uh, Detecting Byzantium meter activated. Right. It's a geyser counter, but... Beep, beep, Byzantium present. zero. Keep Geyser going. counter's not going off, and they're like, what the heck? Cocaine from 1910. Stuff. We found cocaine from 1910. Is it Byzantium Coke? <laughs> Searching for Byzantium. Now, if, if you can see here that it's not Byzantium. It's gravel. So they raised the fucking Titanic for nothing? <laughs> for nothing. I spent. I watched two hours of this movie. They're not, there's no Byzantium at the end? <laughs> <laughs> you know, you come for the Titanic, but you stay for the Byzerium. How can you have a Titanic movie and not have people drown in it? Right? The whole point yeah, of right. Titanic is that all these people die in it. Well, they had three people die when that thing imploded. Were they were they rich upper crafts? Were they had they have no. shaved heads like Billy Zane? No, no, no. In Titanic, it's Billy Zane. Yeah. I want to see Billy Zane lose oxygen and drown. That's the whole point. You have these rich people enjoying a traveling life. You have the poors underneath, right, dancing a jig and hanging out with uh, Harpo Marx. If I, if Night of the Opera taught me anything, and uh, then the ship hits an iceberg and all drowns, except for Molly Brown, right? That's the story. Yeah, with who's new money? New money. She was new. She was rude, but she's the unsinkable Molly Brown. She's lousy in billiards. So now they're like, what the hell happened? That was supposed and to be my city. Jason Robards reveals that, I don't know. Oh, let's listen, because I want to know the story. Start bombing Pakistan or somewhere else. It affects all of us. Oh, it could be used as a horrible weapon, like a plutonium bomb kind of thing. So, <clears throat> boyfriend, yeah. whose life that got saved there, he's really upset. Like... This was for a bomb also. Oh, yeah, right. He nearly that. died because of it. Yeah. It's so weird to see a Titanic movie and not see footage of the ship sinking and then raising it. Like, yeah, I want to see. You would think that they would have, like, uh, somehow, like, did a flashback or something. Yeah, like a flashback. Like a pre-credits uh, intro scroll or something. Right, right. Yeah. But it's like saying... So now, he's, Jason Robarts is saying, yeah, I knew it could be a, a bomb, but so I wanted us to have it and not Russians. the Russians. And so, he, and so this guy's having an existential come apart, questioning <laughs> life, like, I did all my invested time in this for a... For a bomb. For a bomb. bomb? Yeah. Now listen, Costello. <laughs> And now he's, like, blaming Dirk for, like, being cool with that. Speaking of being cool with that, is that music coming from you? Music? I don't... No. Huh. Oh, I, I have a joke for you. During principal okay. photography on Thunderball, producer Albert R. Cubby Broccoli watched the dailies and grimace. 
The action scenes are lackluster. The special effects are terrible, Broccoli yelled. It doesn't even look like he's underwater. Sean Connery is phoning it in. Director Terrence Young corrected him. Actually, sir, Sean Connery is underwater. You can tell he's in over his head. Well, that didn't stop him from starring in Macbeth. <laughs> That's the joke I wrote in 2008. <laughs> That's look at Tuesday. What's making that noise? Okay, so now what they do is they begin to do some research. Okay. The reason that they found out it was on the Titanic was what they found in the Arctic, remember? Right. Um, and he's looking at what does it say on the back. Hey, Carl, I'm, I'm hearing something playing in the background. I can't, I can't figure out what it is. Well, let me mute so you can see that it's not me. Okay. Hold on. Okay, I'm muting. Okay, unmute. Okay, I'm back. Did you? Okay, so we missed it because of that, but. All right, sorry. They, they now find out that the, the names on the back of. I, I forget what it is, but that the, what was written on the back of what they found lets them know that it wasn't a, ple, um, a name of a person they were looking that was being on the back of the thing, it was a place. And now they're going to the place, it's this graveyard. And they realize that Byzanium is there in the grave. They've found it. Well, they but only r- those two know it. So they, they, they uh, <coughs> raised the Titanic for billions of dollars, but it was just in a grave. Yeah, they now discover that it's in a grave. Now he's confirming it with the Geiger counter. Byzanium, Byzanium, Byzanium. Let me turn on the Byzantium meter. Byzantium, 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 Byzantium. They should call this movie Exhuming the Hubert. <laughs> it's here, all right. And as you know, he's found out it's not just for a defense system to prevent nuclear war. They also wanted to make a bomb out of it. Now, here come the grave diggers who are like, Oh, governor, hello, governor. We're ready to dig up the grave like you told us. And then he goes, hold it, hold it. And they're like, don't you want us to dig up the grave? And he jerks medical it school. the other guy's choice. Didn't you have a medical school you needed cadavers? Medical school cadavers? Well, they used to dig up bodies and give them to medical schools so they could use it like, for... Frankenstein. Yes. So anyway, um, the boyfriend is now going to make the moral choice, since nobody knows this about but you and me, let's just leave the Byzantium where it is. They can't make a bomb. Yes. And that's the point of the, that's the moral point of the... They're going to end it on that. So they... Um, I couldn't hear you all of a sudden, but... Well, is those crazy ganks don't want us to dig it up. Carl, can you yeah. hear me? Oh, uh, there we go. Yeah, now I hear you. So that's how we end our film. They've made right. the choice for peace. I thought you were going to change the world. What did you say? I said they had me outnumbered. Is that my lesson now for they're the day? Friends. <laughs> no more lessons, no more lectures. No more movie. 
Yeah. Just graduated from this. Listen, why don't we vote that? All right, so this is it. It's the end, Carl. Mm-hmm. And now they're buddies, and they have saved the world by not. And there's the money shot over the end credits, the slow motion of the Titanic being raised. We paid our money. We're going to show this. And this isn't without like overhead cranes. This is emerging <laughs> like a boner from the water, like it's an orgasm. It's a huge, huge tank of water. Yeah. Emmett Walsh. J.D. Cannon. You see, I also have initials as a name. Mm-hmm. Dirk Blocker. God, I hate hanging out with you, Carl. You're such a jerk blocker. Thanks. <laughs> well, this music's going in the background. I don't know what the fuck that's from. Uh, don't dirt block me, dude. Dirt block. <laughs> so, that's our movie. I lost you again. I don't know why. Carl, can you hear Carl. Yeah. God, yes, what's... I hear you, yeah. You know what it is? It's a, mean, it's no. one wire. I'm holding it in my hand. It's it's meant to, for the uh, headphones. And if I move it, I can't hear you and you can't hear me. So what a, what a great time, place to know that. See? Hello? Yeah, I'm with you. All right. So uh, next week, we're going to watch a movie, uh, a Shakespearean movie. How about that? Uh-huh. Well, that's not a play. Uh... It's King Lear by uh, Jean-Luc Godard. That uh, the 1960 uh, uh, seminal experimental filmmaker, uh, new wave filmmaker. The story is uh, there was a production house called Canon. Golden Globus made these like crazy action movies from the 80s, and uh, they made a deal with uh, um, John Luke Godard to make a movie, and he said, "I'm going to make King Lear." So it's from 1987. It has Woody Allen in it and Molly Ringwald. And uh, it is, let me see if this is a trailer, okay? And we'll take a listen. Oh, no, this is, uh, but it's a really unwatchable movie, Carl. (laughs) Okay, great. So let's see if I can play this as a trailer. Hang on. I think this is a scene from the movie and not the trailer. Oh, and Norman Mailer is King Lear. Let me see if I can find a trailer of it. Oh, here we go. King Lear trailer. Three minutes. The weight of the sad time we must obey. Speak what we feel, not what we ought to You recognize that voice, Carl? The oldest half... That must be Woody Allen. We that are young shall never see so much... Oh, I think this is a different version. ...live so long. It's yes. Molly Ringwald? No, it's someone else. Anyway, so the movie is uh, King Lear by John luc Godard, a Golden Globus production. Uh, I've always read about it. It was basically a deal made on a cocktail napkin during Cannes Film Festival. Mm. Uh, and, and that's it in the flesh. Carl, where can people okay. find you? Um, on, uh, on February 23rd, I will do five minutes at... Saturday night at the the Comedy Cove in Springfield, New Jersey. That sounds excellent. Comedy Cove and, and the end of February. Uh, sounds good. I'll be at uh, Layover this Tuesday. It's my uh, first of the month show over there in Oakland. 
Uh, so check both Carl and I out. Carl, thanks so much. I can't wait to do King Lear with you next week. Looking forward. Looking forward. Looking forward. Thanks, thank you. Mike. Yeah, thank you. And uh, thank you, audience. We always love it when thanks you follow us. Uh, and uh, we hope that you uh, tell your friends and that you keep subscribing. And we'll talk to you later. Here's our theme song. Uh, bye. Let's watch through a sea of podcasts. Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of MutinyRadio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice. LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> Hey, everybody. Listen to the Weekly Review with Roman every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. This is an unapologetically anti-capitalist program. We interview community organizers, activists, and artists. We talk about ways you can take action right now. So listen in to the Weekly Review every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. and live music promotion, go to www.subliminalsf.com and check out their hilarious t-shirts and super cool bands at clubs and bars all over the Bay Area. Subliminal SF creates amazing flyers, posters, and design for every need. So go now to www.subliminalsf.com and experience what this wonderful local business has to offer. My friends here at MutinyRadio.fm. Chester Cashcock here, and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that anytime I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastic's books the best of San Francisco and Beyond's Underground.
Brown Comics. It's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pamtastic's Deep in the Mission District, where you can laugh off your tushy for a mere $5 every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because $5, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere $5 is indubitious. But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere. Like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak feeling. So all you got to do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse. Or you can listen live every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. as your host Pam Benjamin brings you the best comedy from San Francisco and beyond the universe. And what's better than the universe? It's a cash cock, honey. Yeah.